the Mindful Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Joanne Howarth is a social entrepreneur, founder and CEO of the insulated, environmentally friendly packaging company, Planet Protector Packaging. The company is leading the way in sustainable alternative solutions to harmful plastic transportation packaging by using sheep's wool. In this episode, we talk about running a sustainable business and understanding consumer concerns for growing. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us here today. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you, Alison. I'm delighted to have the opportunity to speak with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to learn all about your business. But before we get into it, I would love you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Okay, so um, my name is Joanne Howarth. I'm the founder and CEO of Planet Protector Packaging. Um, our business was founded four years ago and we work in the sustainable packaging space. So we have a product called Woolpack that's a 100% sustainable alternative to polystyrene, which is amazing. Isn't it? Because quite quite often when I get deliveries of products, you know, it's terrifying how some some of the products are packaged and over-packaged. Oh, horrendous. And like some of the um, meal kits and increasingly like with the the growth of the e-commerce sector and the home deliveries, um, you know, packaging is really at crisis proportions now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So you, you founded the company four years ago. I'm assuming you've experienced huge growth in that time. Oh, phenomenal growth. So um, it was an interesting journey, Alison, because I went from being an offender, if you like. Um, I had 15 years in the seafood industry and they're one of the biggest users of polystyrene together with pharmaceuticals. And um, my business won the contract to establish the operations in Australia for Australia's largest meal kit company. And they were shipping at that stage in polystyrene. Mm. So after six or eight weeks, consumers had six or eight polystyrene boxes kicking around their backyard. And up until then, polystyrene had really been essentially business to business. But with the advent and the growth of e-commerce, consumers realised that there was no way to practically recycle it, reuse it, get rid of it, dispose, whatever, and, uh, and so that was what led me on my quest. Um, we grew that business from 400 boxes a week to over 50,000 boxes wow. a week. And uh, you can imagine the polystyrene that was involved in that. Yeah. So that's what led me to, to where I've landed. <gasps> All right, so so can you explain the product? Because I think when you explain it, people are going to know what this is. Right, so the product, proudly, um, the product is made from waste wool. So that's the waste wool that really has no commercial value. Like Australia is renowned for having the best wool in the world and a lot of the merino wool is exported for uh, clothing and garments. But this waste wool is the underbelly of the sheep. It's the coarse bits that really nobody wants. 
and inevitably it always used to end up in landfill. So the fact that our product is made from a waste stream, we're increasing the yield to the sheep farmer. And in these drought-stricken times, I think that's commendable. But um, Yeah, so the wool goes through a process where it's um, scoured first, so that's, and it's only scoured using hot water and detergent. There's nothing toxic or no additives, no chemicals in the whole process. So once it's scoured, um, then it's felted. And we work with our clients, Alison, to really understand their supply chain. And so what we're doing really is leveraging the thermal properties of wool, mm. like uh, as a fibre Wool is the the highest performing natural insulator um, on the planet. So we've essentially, we like to say, we've borrowed from nature. Just as the sheep, just as the wool keeps the sheep warm in winter, so too it keeps them cool in summer. How on earth did you make the discovery that you actually could use this um, for packing? Well, I did lots of research as much as the business has been up and running for four years. I was probably two years in research prior to that. And I looked all over the world because at that stage, it was very early in the e-commerce space. And I was determined to look for something. I think there's such a move away from plastics and polymers and, and everything. And I wanted to come up with something that was a natural fibre and uh, I'd seen that there was some work done years ago um, in Europe and uh, in the UK um, using wool, but um, that was a very different product. So the challenge I can say now, I was a little bit cocky in hindsight because I came back here and I thought, wow, we've got the most sheep in the world. Australia's a wool country. This is going to be a breeze. But um, having come from the food industry, I really, it was a very steep learning curve because wool is not just white and it's not on sheep. There's a real science behind our product. And uh, so I was a long time learning all about the attributes and the microns and the different types of fibres to get the blend right for Australian and New Zealand climatic conditions. Amazing. My gosh. So I imagine over the years, obviously, your role within the company has changed. You know, how do you spend your days, you know, in in this this stage that you're at at in business? Well, I guess you'd say we're a mature startup. We still look at ourselves as a startup because realistically, um, we're in a market where polystyrene has been the go-to, if you like, for 60 years plus. So I think if there's one thing that I really underestimated in the business, and that is the selling cycle. So from the time that you first engage with the customer, you know, you start the sales process, there's a lot of validation, there's a lot of temperature trials, there's been so many imposter-type products and people who make these, um, you know, statements that they're green and that they've got the thermal performance when in fact they don't a lot of businesses are very skeptical and when you're shipping high value products like premium seafood lobsters and and in the pharmaceutical space 
we work with a lot of the um, drug companies who are shipping IVF and um, chemotherapy drugs. You can't afford to be doing testing and the product fails. So it's a very rigorous process and it takes sometimes six to nine months for a customer to convert. Um, But once they've converted, they're with us for life. So I'm still very much involved, um, hands-on in the business. I have to say I'm a bit of a workaholic. But, I think most businesses are business owners are. They just they're so passionate about what they do that they really enjoy rolling their sleeves up still and getting in there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's great. And like because it's like the wool is our technology, but now we're at the stage that we're working with specific industries to come up with solutions that overcome people's pain points. So we just recently won the Australian Institute of Packaging um, Award for our new um, lobster protector. And we worked with, like, lobsters, it sounds like a crazy thing, but $2 billion worth of lobsters are exported every year from Australia and New Zealand into China. And um, a lot of that product was going in polystyrene and... You can imagine travelling in polystyrene yourself. It it sweats, it builds up condensation and bacteria. You know, there was a problem with the mortality rate. And so it was a real challenge for us to develop that solution. But that's the part of the business that I love is working with our clients. Mm. Oh, incredible. My gosh. So you've worked with really big companies, as you mentioned, for example, My Food Bag, Loving Earth and Mount Cook Alpine Salmon. How do you create these initial relationships? Do you reach out to them or are they reaching out to you or how does it work? Well, increasingly, like when we first started, um, it's always an issue around credibility, I suppose, and you're, you're new in the market, you're a startup, you don't have that brand. So we've invested very heavily in building a brand because our product is ingenious And it's something that's very different. Um, I have to say that in the four years that we've been operational, I've never, ever once met somebody that doesn't like the product. Mm. Like when you look at the the damage of polystyrene and what it's doing to the oceans and then you come up with something that's so natural and it's just organic and earthy, people love it. So what we've done is we've tried to... um, you know, like where possible, enter awards, um, you know, like look for external validation of our product, you know, testimonials. We get a lot of client referrals. And, you know, I used to sit in meetings and, um, you know, people would say, well, who do you supply? And, you know, like as a startup, you roll off a few names off the tongue, but they're not big businesses. But now that we're at the stage that we've won the likes of DHL and Blackmores and My Food Bag, these are big global brands. And so automatically that increases the credibility and people have more trust in our brand and it reduces the selling cycle because customers feel confident that if DHL is using you, um, you know, it must be working. Yeah, absolutely. Once the product has been used, what do they do with it? 
Well, for the end of life. So the way the product is manufactured is after it's scoured, it's filtered. And they're the variables that we can control. So whether, you know, like um, understanding their supply chain, we look at how thick it needs to be, how dense it needs to be to give fit for purpose solution. But, and so then it's sealed inside a HDPE um, recyclable film. So at end of life, we encourage customers and we do a lot of education, we do a lot of social media around how to properly dispose of our product. But generally, people will put the plastic into the Red Cycle um, recycling program and there's a range of um, household applications and, and different things. Like we we constantly surprised by how people use the wool. Like a lot of times with beehives, a lot in garden compost, weed matting, pet bedding, pipe lagging. Like there, there's no end to how you can use it around the um, yeah. around the house. But for us, if people bury the wool in their garden or put it on as weed matting, within 60, six months it will have totally decomposed and return valuable nutrients to the soil. Mm, amazing. My gosh, there's so you many benefits to this like product. This, Alison. Yeah. yeah, amazing. Challenges you've faced during running your business, you know, every business owner faces them. Is there any that stand out as, you know, prickly moments for you? <laughs> oh, I think, um, you know, it's it's always hard to get the cash flow when you're a small business and like we invest very heavily in R&D because this space is moving very fast and, um, you know, we need to be ahead of the market, which we are, but that comes at a cost. Um, The challenges of just getting that credibility, like when we were just 12 months old, we won the national... um, you know, the Packaging Institute Award, and we went on. I, I remember when they rang and said, well, we received the award, and then the Australian Institute of Packaging said, would you like to represent Australia in the World Star Awards? And it sort of reminded me a little bit about Miss Australia and how you go on to the global scene, and I sort of laughed it off and I thought, my goodness, we're a startup. we're only two years old, and we're competing in the World Star Awards. And amazingly, we took out four categories that year. So that really just elevated us to the next level. Um, you know, but day to day, I guess we, we confront all the same challenges that businesses do at this stage of our growth. Um, COVID has been good for us in one way, um, bad in another as I'm sure it is for everybody else. And so we've got to be, you know, able to pivot and and quickly, you know, re-engineer what we're doing. And um, sadly, we've been working a lot in the seafood space in the 12 months up until COVID and um, with a view to all of these companies coming on board for Chinese New Year. And, of course, then China went into lockdown and uh, that didn't happen. So I do understand and, and you know, we, we stay connected with these prospective clients. They will come on board. But these are very unprecedented times and I think 
all of us just need to focus and batten down the hatches because it is uncertain and we need to make sure that our business has come through the other end. Yeah, absolutely. How do you find balancing work and life? Because that that's a challenge that so many people, you know, face and struggle with. Look, I'd like to say that I'm good at it, but I'm not. Um, I do some meditation. I do Pilates. Um, I have to say that probably the last 12 months, I've been a lot more focused on it. I devote time to, you know, just time for myself to get away from it all. I had a bit of a health scare last year and uh, there's nothing more confronting and it's really makes you think about what your priorities are and and I love the business and I'm passionate about what I do day to day but it's very important that we all have a um, a balance in our lives and as small business you know like I know some of my siblings think it's very glamorous to have your own business but um, sometimes it's it's really hard it's harder mm. than having a job like and particularly you've invested you know like I've invested a lot of my personal wealth in establishing the business. We are looking to raise capital, but that won't be till next year. Um, so, you know, I'm determined and committed to, to ensure that we succeed and that comes at a cost personally. Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it does. things don't magically just happen by themselves. No. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you work on the weekends? I do. Generally, um, I work six days a week. And I try to have Sunday as a leisure day. So, but, you know, having said that, like if I've got a, an appointment or I want to have a lunch or do different things, like I can take a day off. But generally there's no definitive barrier. Well, this is a work day or that's yeah. not. Like, And mostly I have to say the space in which I'm dealing, um, it, it's not surprising to receive a phone call from somebody on a Saturday afternoon or, you know, like even the different consultants that we work with, I think it's a fallacy of the the five-day, nine-to-five working week now. Yeah, it certainly doesn't exist in my life. No, same. Because a lot of people are running their own businesses to have that flexibility and so people are just naturally working just different hours and also multitasking because, you know, most people have their emails on their phone and every time they get like a spare moment, they'll shoot a message off or do something. So as a result, the, you know, the business is going all the time. It is. That's exactly right. Mm. You know, you'll be sitting waiting for somebody or waiting for an appointment. You can write two emails in that time. Yeah, I know. What time do you get up early in the mornings? <coughs> yes, I do. Um, I find that early time in the day is really very efficient. Um, so I won't tell you what time I got up very early today, but um, generally I'm up by five. Yeah. And uh, I live very close to Centennial Park <coughs> and I walk there. And that's a great start for the day. Mm, I, I walk around Centennial Park on the weekends and I love it. It's so therapeutic. I just go off into a bit of, into a bit of a trance. Oh, we'll have to catch up, Alison. Yeah. <laughs> I often laugh because I'm always walking by myself around Centennial because my, my boys, they train for running there. And as, as I pass people, 
there's just so much um, therapy going on because people are walking, often walking in twos, and they're just, you know, they're talking about relationships, work, career, <laughs> family, and it's yeah. just, yeah, everyone's venting. Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's great that they're doing that. Yes, that's right. There's so many mental health issues. And mm, I have yeah. friends that are working in the health sector and there's some terrible stories. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, good for us, yes. Ab- absolutely. So where can everyone find out more details about Planet Protector Packaging? Well, our website is planetprotectorpackaging.com. Um, so we'd love for people to connect and, and make an inquiry. We'll get one of the team to come back to you straight away. But um, at the moment, it's it's amazing, really, things that we'd never really thought of because we, we sort of were looking essentially in the food space, meat, seafood, pharmaceuticals and everything. But the one that's come out of COVID, come out of nowhere, is the number of people cheese sales have increased by close to 30%. Have they? It's incredible. (laughs) And it would never occur to me to buy cheese online. No. But all of these um, cheese makers, like beautiful cheese makers, because the hotels and all the restaurants are closed, a lot of their avenues for sales have closed up. So they've had to very quickly pivot and a lot of them weren't even online, not thinking that there was a, a sustainable product in which they could pack the cheese and get it out. So we've acquired, I must say, at least 20 new cheese customers over the last couple of months, and they're going gangbusters. And the other thing is some chocolates. So we've just launched a new chocolate protector, which is amazing. We worked with Lint Chocolates on that one. And um, that enables chocolate companies to send their product online, which is something they haven't been able to do previously. How fabulous. So I think everybody's putting on weight sitting at home. <laughs> and, uh, that's going to be the result of COVID. Yeah. Still, whatever makes you happy, really. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. However you get Oh yes. my gosh. Well, Joe, thank you so much for joining us here today. What I'll do is um, on my website, relauncher.com.au, I'll put all the links that will go through to your business, which is Planet Protective Packaging, so people can easily find you. Oh, thank you, Alison. That's great. Love to c- catch up with anyone who's interested in learning more about what we do.